You're listening to Bajar, a podcast celebrating creators and innovators at different stages of their entrepreneurial journey. These people started their journey on the very streets that we're on. Why don't you come take a look? Hey everyone, I'm Shank. Hey guys, I'm Nub. And welcome back to another episode of our new look Vichar, where Nub and I will make a fool out of ourselves to inform you, our listeners, on the ins and outs of entrepreneurship. Today with us, we have Alicia Mashruwala, co-founder and CEO at OnCourse Vantage. Uh, first of all, Alicia, thank you for making the time. I know that we had to push this a bit, but we're super excited to have you here and uh, really excited for the conversation. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. And I look forward to hopefully enlightening uh, some of the listeners. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, just to give our listeners a bit more context, uh, OnCourse Vantage is one of India's largest creative and alternate education companies that helps kids in high school and college with their applications to international universities in Hong Kong, Singapore, US, Canada, uh, I mean, you name it, right? And uh, they also have mentoring programs for kids, which focus on developing life skills with the aim of helping kids explore multiple disciplines and really understand and achieve their true potential. Today, our aim is to use the next 20 to 30 minutes to really best understand how Alicia has so successfully been able to drive the growth of a loyal customer base and nurture that customer base so beautifully. So I guess to start with Alicia, um, just to give our listeners an even more you know, specific context, uh, could you tell us a little bit more about what OnCourse Vantage is and what the initial catalyst was behind you starting this venture? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So um, essentially, our goal at OnCourse is to uh, kind of ensure that students kind of reach their potential. So that's always sort of been one of our major uh, USPs. So kind of looking at uh, what exactly they're working towards and really making sure that not only do they get into the best college, uh, but also ensure that, you know, they've kind of figured out what not necessarily what they want to do career wise, but also just figure out, you know, the, what are their passions, where their interest lies. Um, so that's essentially what our main focus has been. And our main business is kind of working on applications for undergraduate admissions, postgraduate admissions, MBA admissions, uh, all of that as well. So I guess now it's been 11 years almost since we started. So good, like 10 years ago when I was still in college, uh, that's sort of when the idea came up. Uh, so it was my senior year of college, in fact, and my um, co-founder, who is actually now my husband as well, uh, he wow. he was he had just graduated. I know. Sorry. It's uh, working and, you know, whatever. But uh, he we had essentially kind of, um, you know, it was one of those very random ideas, which is sort of where business ideas come from, uh, with a random conversation that we were have, having during like a summer break between my junior year and my senior year. Uh, in yeah, we terms know of, that too well. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, so it was more just, you know, a random conversation where a lot of our, a lot of my junior friends had asked me about, you know, getting into college and how I went about the process. And, you know, there was just a little less tailored advice for students in India, particularly at the time. Uh, so that's kind of where it started off, just kind of casually mentoring a lot of students who were younger than us. And then realizing that there was a niche and there was a need in the market for it as well. So that's essentially how it took off. 
Right. And Alicia, so, so now that we understood a bit more about the firm, let's just take a step back and talk a bit more about the industry. So I, I know you, you just mentioned a little bit about people, people wanting to know more about the whole process, but how do you think the, the demand for career, career counseling and college counseling has changed over the last 10 years? And how have you adapted to that over your 10 years from where you started to where you are today? For sure. I mean, I think there's been a pretty drastic change over the last 10 years, at least that I've seen. So when we started off, actually, the college counseling space was sort of driven by more individuals. So it wasn't a very organized space. So there were a lot of, um, you know, uh, individuals who were kind of doing this and kind of guiding students through the entire process. Sort of what it was like probably many years ago with CAs and lawyers and things like that, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think as time sort of went on, maybe three years, four years after we started, uh, we essentially tried to kind of organize it a little bit more and make it more firm driven, uh, which is when we started sort of looking at hiring people, you know, to kind of work within the make and make it more team oriented. Right. At the end of the day, uh, there's only so much you can do in a service industry if you're servicing them yourself. Um, yeah. Right. And I think over the last like five or six years, I've seen a big change where it has moved from a more uh, disorganized space to a little bit more of a firm and organized space, which is sort of what it's like. It was always like in the US, but in India, it was a little bit new. So I think that's kind of where we're at right now. And I think there's immense scope, you know, for growth and expansion as well. Yeah, definitely. And I think like you mentioned, obviously the demand for, for, for a product like this has been increasing over the last 10 years. But that being said, I think you kind of briefly touched upon this, but uh, in terms of the number of firms that are, you know, organized and able to provide a solution like this for cons- customers, do you think that like the number of firms that can do this has kept up with the rise in demand? Like has supply kept up uh, with the rise in demand? Uh, actually, I feel like not really. I do still think there's a lot of space for that as well. I think what's happening, at least what has happened over the last three or four years is if you see how incredibly hard it is to get into an Indian university, at least one of the top ones, um, there needs to be a plan B, right? So a lot of students who are looking at the UK or US or Canada or Singapore, there'll be one lot of students who are looking at it as their primary option. And a lot, a lot of students will be looking at it as, okay, in case I don't get into my top choice in India, what else do I have sort of in store for me? So I think it's, um, the demand is really, really rising and, uh, yeah. it, and it's gone from just US to a lot of different countries. That's sort of what has changed a lot over the last few years as well. Yeah. And like the competition is just like skyrocketed off yeah. the charts, yeah, right? For sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I remember I mean, when I, I was applying. Right. I mean, if, I, I guess like DU's cutoff is like 99% um, yeah. or something like that. And it's just, yeah. it's just crazy yeah. to think. I've, I can't even imagine. Yeah. Um, so Alicia, I guess right before we get into the main conversation, the meat of our conversation, uh, we'd just like to show you a small clip from Rocket Singh, the, the Bollywood movie. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to pull that up. मैंने तो नीचे जाने वाला रास्ता लिया था क्योंकि आपने और कोई रास्ता छोड़ा नहीं था मेरे लिए मुझे तो कुछ नहीं आता था सर लेकिन करते-करते पता चला कि बिजनेस में कोई चालाकी कोई स्कीम कोई जादू नहीं है तो बस एक चीज लोग जो आपके साथ काम करते जो आपके कस्टमर और आपको तो कभी लोग दिखें आपको तो सिर्फ नंबर दिखें किसने कितने नंबर अचीव किए किसने कितने टारगेट्स तोड़े और मुझे तो स्कूल से ही नंबर नहीं समझ में आते थे 
Alright, so that was a very short clip that we wanted to, you to see. I'm so gonna stop sharing my screen. So Alicia, I guess um a lot of business owners only look at the bottom line as their metric for success. And uh, as the video suggests, it goes way far beyond that. Um so could you tell us what you thought about the video in regards to client services? Uh, and also, how does it represent the importance of customers in a business model like yours? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the video is like pretty spot on, right? Uh, I think in any service industry, and especially ours, which is essentially a service industry, uh, you're essentially working with students. Parents are always a little bit extra stressed about, you know, their kids' education and going to college and their yeah. future. Um, so that's why customers key. Right. So even when we started off, uh, it was always going to be hard to acquire customers being really young. Um, but word of mouth spreads in an industry like this. So for us, at least being a very a little bit more on the niche side in the industry, um, we I mean, I've noticed that obviously, you know, one good client or one good service can lead to 100 other good clients as well. Right. That's essentially how our business has grown over the last few years. Uh, and of course, there are, you know, it's part of the service industry. You are going to deal with different types of students. And I guess that's also the fun of it. So it doesn't, you know, it kind of yeah. keeps you on your toes. You're meeting different people. You're, and you learn a lot about business just working with different people from different backgrounds as well. Yeah, definitely. And I think what you said ties perfectly into what we're going to be speaking about today. And this is something I mentioned in the introduction, which is the importance of growing and nurturing that customer base, right? And, um, I don't know if I mentioned this in the introduction, but with over 7,000 acceptances, uh, which you guys have, uh, I think you guys have again done that amazingly. And let me start off a little, with a little personal story, uh, about my only sales experience. Uh, so last semester I was working for this, um, I was working part-time for this, um, India based sports tech company. And my job was to help expand it into the Middle Eastern market. And I remember like my job was to go around Dubai and like go to different gyms, facilities, academies, et cetera, and try to sign them up into the product. And this was tough for a lot of reasons. Number one, the market was pretty saturated. A lot of firms already had access to products like these, a lot of the gyms and facilities, et cetera. Uh, number two, I had like no sales experience uh, at the time. And number three, uh, unlike the co-founders in India, who obviously has some sort of credibility in the regional market, I my only sense of credibility at that point was uh, I am going to get an NYU degree in May 2021, which I still don't have, right? Obviously. <laughs> um, so I guess my question to you is, and I, you briefly touched upon this, which is, I know you, you used word of mouth, but how did you really source your initial customers and how did you instill that sense of credibility that, hey, like if you come and work with me, I will guarantee you an admission to your dream college? Especially in an industry like this where, exactly. where it's like a life-changing decision. Right? How, yeah. do you, how did you get that yeah. credibility in this? It's like if you go with one, you stick to that one person for two years, three years, exactly. whatever, however long right. it might be. Yeah, I mean, so I think in the beginning, it was definitely really hard. I think we had maybe a, like a you know first set of customers who kind of came to us. Uh, very difficult to convince them that, like you said, you know, you're just graduating in 2021. At that time, I was just graduating. Uh, for them to actually sort of trust you with their child's future. Um, I think one of the things, of course, you know, having that background of casually helping a lot of people helped a little bit, right, in terms of getting into college, but it's a whole different ballgame when it's a business. Uh, so we did tap into a little bit of our personal network. So just, you know, personal story when uh, I played squash for India growing up and 
essentially a lot of so a lot of like younger squash players who also wanted to kind of you know probably play squash go to college get a good education uh you know i mentored a lot of them as well uh so that's sort of where our business started to grow where there were a few of these squash playing younger squash playing students who wanted to go to universities and kind of guiding them with that process and that's how word started to spread um and then the few customers that we did get in our first year year and a half uh we ensured that they had the absolute best experience possible right so obviously when you're starting off a business going out of your way for your customers making sure that they're getting all the personal attention in the world uh you know taking that extra going that extra mile for each of them definitely helped um and at some point you know when they did start to get acceptances we obviously started to gain more confidence in our abilities to do this and that first set of customers for us really really helped us spiral into getting a lot more just in the second year so i think that was really key for us in general mhm i also have one question could you give us the specifics of that extra mile that you're talking about about how how why are you va- valued from the customer's point of view more than let's say your competitors in the industry yeah i think at that point i definitely felt like i was working 24/7 um so you know whatever hour of the day it was responding to emails responding to calls uh you know even if it meant kind of trying to call universities to get more information about certain areas of programs uh you know really trying to reach out to admissions officers to understand a little bit more of what they were looking for uh so just kind of doing that entire aspect for the client and i think they did appreciate that because what was happening at that stage is the individual players was struggling to give them that accessibility and time um so you know for it would take them maybe weeks or months to get in touch with them very often and you know with something like college applications it's all very deadline driven right so it is pretty important for them to be for someone to be on top of the ball with that uh so i think just that you know 100% there for the student whatever hour of the day it was definitely definitely helped a lot was it also difficult like um was it also difficult like you you mentioned that you know half your students want to go to indian universities and look at international universities as a, as a backup and the fact that you're catering to so many different markets us uk hong kong singapore etc how do you like keep up with the different kinds of applications the different kinds of structures was that a result of you hiring people or was that a result of you just doing your own due diligence Yeah uh so essentially very honestly our focus has been our customer focus has been those whose first option is actually going abroad we have a smaller lot of students who kind of are okay i want to focus on indian universities and this is my second option uh so majority yeah, of yeah. our students are the ones who know for a fact that they want to go to the us or uk or canada or singapore um so that's kind of what our customer base has always been like i think a lot of it was just honestly doing a lot of research myself a lot of um you know reaching out to universities really trying to understand the customer is a very important part i think i've learned that over time yeah uh in the beginning of course you know it's you know you've dealt with maybe a handful of people so you don't really come across all types of people but i think now over the last 10 years really understanding what the customer wants really understanding what the student is like really understanding uh how to tap into that potential is something that i i feel yeah. like i've learned over time 
Right. And and I guess chronologically, now that we've spoken about how you got your initial customers and how you leveraged your existing network, how did you then grow your customer base from, let's say, years past years three and four to where you are now with 7,000 plus um, acceptances to universities? And could you tell us a bit more about the challenges that were associated with, with this sort of growth? Yeah, for sure. So I think our biggest challenge was our age, to be very honest, because I, I was, I think, 21 or 22 when I started. So that has definitely been... I would say in the start, one of the biggest challenges that we've had to face, of course, it's hard to trust someone who is, you know, just out of college. Um, but right. again, like I said, you know, word of mouth in our industry has been absolutely key for us. As word of mouth started to spread then as a company and we started to grow, grow our team, yeah. really figure out how we wanted to you know, do outreach more than anything else. So really figure out besides the markets that we were already existent in. And that's where, you know, we started to tap into international markets as well. So right now we have a lot of clients from Dubai, a lot of clients from Hong Kong, a lot of clients from Singapore, from Antwerp, um, and sort of all over, right? So I think that was a little bit of a challenge, the the bridge between sticking with just the Indian students and then moving into like a little bit more of an international base. Um, technology definitely helped with that. So, you know, with the, with the earlier with Skype, now it's Zoom. Uh, that's been really, yeah. really helpful for us because I think with the onset of technology, WhatsApp has helped a lot because it's easy to communicate with people. Um, and now we've kind of incorporated something that we call the partners program. So we have partners and representatives all around you know, the world who essentially are, you know, past parents who worked with us, people who know that our service is good, people who've sort of uh, experienced, you know, working with us as well, who can vouch for what we do. And that's actually been a big part of growing our customer base as well. Right. So would you say um, that is the biggest form of marketing that you use in terms of like value to your company? Or would you say, did you use any other type of marketing, let's say social media, any, any traditional forms of marketing, or was it solely word of mouth and now the partners program? So honestly speaking, because it's a little bit more of a niche market, more service oriented, the customer that we're attracting is someone who is going abroad to study. So word of mouth has been majority of uh, where our customers have well we have acquired most of our customers from the last year with the you know pandemic hitting we've had to obviously uh, change around a lot of stuff and we started to do a lot more on social media and you know the general marketing avenues so i think that's sort of where social media has come into play i wouldn't say social media has helped us get a lot of customers enrolled with us but it's definitely helped us expand our brand name and expand our reach so that, of course, it all ties in indirectly. Uh, so, yeah, but I, I would say word of mouth has essentially been our key source. Definitely. And, and you know, now that we've spoken about growing your customer base from scratch, another really uh, important aspect that we do want to talk about is nurturing that customer base and ensuring that you're not losing customers at any point, right? I think that they're both equally important. And uh, But before we talk about that in more detail. Uh, we have another clip to show you uh, to perhaps see or tell entrepreneurs what not to do or, or how business should not be run. So right. Dub, yeah. I'm just going to pull it up. Oh, I'm sorry. We have no midsize available at the moment. I don't understand. I made a reservation. Do you have my reservation? Yes, we do. Unfortunately, we ran out of cars. But the reservation keeps the car here. That's why you have the reservations. I know why we have reservations. I don't think you do. 
If you did, I'd have a car. <laughs> See, you know how to take the reservation, you just don't know how to hold the reservation. And that's really the most important part of the reservation, the holding. Anybody can just take them. And so, Alicia, um, we're assuming that in this video, um, the, the company in question is a very big rental car agency. And uh, despite, I guess, their success in growing um, nationally in the United States, they are lacking in their customer support and, and their service that they're providing. So could you just give us your reaction? Um, anything, any thoughts that you had in terms of in terms of their customer service? Yeah, I mean, definitely a big no, no. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, fortunately or unfortunately in the service industry, you know, your customer tends to always be right. Um, but no, uh, jokes aside, I think, um, you know, it's one of those things when you're starting a business, you one bad experience with a customer can lead to a lot more negative publicity. And that's sort of a really key thing that, you know, we've always kept in our mind. Um, you know, in terms of the customer experience. So I think when, I mean, from our perspective, when we were we were at that uh, juncture where we were just trying to figure out how to grow the business, and we wanted to, like I said, you know, make it a little bit more organized uh, within the sector. We started to hire people uh, to build a team, and I always believe you're as good as your worst resource, right? That's always something that I've said. So making sure that people on the team were really well trained, give, able to give the same kind of service that say I could personally give as well was super essential. So our team essentially is 99% people who have studied abroad and have had that exposure and experience. And, you know, sort of we make sure our training program is really, really tight so that there's no you know issues or you know reasons for a customer to even feel that way. Right. And, um, and Alicia, I guess I just have like a little, a little personal anecdote in terms of my personal experience with a career counselor, a college counselor as well. So in high school, I had many friends, myself included, and I know Shank as well, yeah. that employed the services of an external counselor and, um, and, and basically solely to get into universities abroad. Um, so I had a great experience. I know some of my friends had great experiences, but a lot of them were heavily disappointed. Um, the main reason, I guess, is the counseling service was either understaffed or they took on a huge client base where they just could not manage it. So due yeah. to this, they witnessed a lack of correspondence and also, and also just they didn't get any help when they desperately needed it, especially in an industry where deadlines really matter, yeah. right? <laughs> so Alicia, yeah. could you tell us how important is it to ensure regardless of scale, regardless of how big you get, that you should never fall short in the product and the service that you're providing and the quality of it. Yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, one bad experience by a customer can really just kill your business. So I think that's something really important to keep in mind. And it's obviously very industry specific, right? That's one of the things in the service and education industry specifically. Um, and so like from, from, from our perspective to kind of ensure that students feel that they've got that personal attention, we, uh, the, the kind of structure that we ended up creating and we felt like this worked best for us uh, was we have two people working with each student. So there's two points of contact, there's oh, two people who they're accessible to. Uh, we have WhatsApp groups created for most of the students to ensure that if there is an urgent question, it can be posted on there, whichever one of the mentors is working on there with them can kind of get back to them as soon as possible, right? So I think the two-person system really helped a lot. 
And that being said, I mean, most of the people who work very closely with the students are capped at the number of students they work with. So, for example, if they're capped at about 15 students, they're not going to take 16 or 17 or 18, right? Because we understand that there is the capacity that each person can work with, especially during deadline time. So that for us has been really key to make sure that the mentor is capped at you know capacity, uh, not going beyond that. And to have those two people on the entire case so that there is no point where the student feels like they're not able to access someone on the company or the team. Yeah, I think that's a great system, honestly. Like I like two having two people equally qualified. Uh, if one person can't reply, you have the other person always. Right. And I guess yeah. I guess as you've scaled up, you've realized that you can't just give like 30 students to one person. You have to ensure that the quality is yeah. still still present. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. definitely okay perfect okay and i think with that uh we are out of time so uh thank you so much alicia for making the time again we you know we we absolutely love this conversation and i think that there's a lot that our listeners can take away from your experience uh from the success of on course vantage and yeah you know again thank you and um we we obviously from vichar wish you the best of luck and uh wish you the wish you the most success thanks thanks guys for having me uh you know, it's part of the podcast and happy graduation. Oh, <laughs> thank, thank you so much. Thank you. Even though it's going to be online. Still, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a big deal. And it's, uh, I think it's, uh, you know, just enjoy it because after this, there's no breaks that you're going to get. I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I mean, uh, thank you so much and, and have a great day. Thank Same you, Alicia. See you guys. Thank nice you. talking right. to you. Bye. Bye. Bye.